quick. Clap sync. Can't see. These are roach boys. Alright. I, I do want to open up. I wanted to open up. I wanted to do this. Let's play the sound clip. Rip off your arms and legs and carry around my purse all day. I love you so much. I want to grind up your muscles and organs and bones and spread you on toast. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like you so much. I wanted to just cut you open and scoop all your insides and wear your skin around town like an Alan suit. Okay, bye, boys. Bye, Phil. Ciao. Can I coach you about something? I just had sex. I'm about to eat nachos. It's the greatest moment of my life. Unless you screw it up with whatever it is you're about to say. I've never seen that movie, but that's got to be one of my favorite movie lines ever. I just had sex. I'm about to eat nachos. He yells at Nachos! That's crazy, bro, because like, I was just thinking about this shit yesterday when I was thinking about this film and the podcast and shit. I was like, yo, Juan should have like somebody, like a, like a, like a DJ drop <coughs> right before it says Million Ex-Girlfriends. And I was thinking, like, you should have like a girl walking up like, like, Fuck you! I'm fucking leaving, you bitch ass motherfucker! And then slams the door and it goes, Million X Girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fresh hot two piece combo with your host, uh, fucking Gay Ted Dancing and, uh, Stogie Bear. I probably should have let you do that, but. Well, it's okay. Just so everybody knows I'm Stogie. Yeah, okay. He's, he's uh, he's Stogie. <laughs> Yes, sir. We back. That was too much. I, I was going to do the Rhode Highland News, and that was going to be the name of the anchors. I forgot. That was the bit I was working on. That's the problem with like working on bits early in the morning. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Do, 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 I'd do, like do, to do. announce that Juan is waking up earlier now. Do, 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 it has do. worked. It has <laughs> worked, bro. He's still not beating me, but I'm, um, he, hey, he is waking up earlier. What time did you wake up today? Right after you texted me. It's like, wait. Literally. Eight. I was about to say that I sleep really heavy, but this morning I heard my phone vibrate, and it's probably because my roommate was already stirring, getting ready for work. But I heard my phone vibrate, and I sat up immediately. I was like, "Gotta see what that's about," because I figured it was probably you. What time do you think I woke up today? I'm gonna guess five or six, three a.m. Damn! <laughs> Never gonna beat me up. See, like I used to, I used to wake up at like six when I lived with my parents. Like every morning, that was just kind of like my regular. Now I'm now I'm like for a while there when I lived here by myself I was waking up at like noon but I'm starting to like kind of correct that now now I'm getting up around like eight or nine. So listen, I'm a crazy asshole. So uh, what had happened was I fell asleep. I don't really remember when I fell asleep. It was like probably around like ten or eleven, right? And then I woke up at like three, and my girl she has to go to work at seven. So I start flipping through the channels because, you know, I'm about to just, you know, smoke a blunt, watch a little bit of something and try and fall back asleep. Then I stumbled upon fucking, uh, what's it called? The Columbine documentary about the, the massacre of Columbine. Oh, shit. So then I started watching that shit. That shit took me to five. And I'm like, yo, man, like, I had two hours. I got up and I took a shower <laughs> and I started getting to work. You know what I mean? I'm going to try to fix. I just noticed something was off with the display here, so. Oh no, nothing's off. I just can't. He's just alright. Can't see the screen right. He's just alright. Cause of uh, 
because of the light on certain parts of the display. So I can't see I can't see the timer from over here. <laughs> oh well, I need to get. So what happens when you get old? You forget stuff. You know can't what the see thing? Stuff. You know what the thing that sucks about that kind of monitor is about that kind of camera is the one that I'm recording on is if I were to get a monitor. I could use the monitor, but then once you start recording, the fucking monitor shuts off. And it's I think it's like a fail safe because of like just the size of the camera and the battery life. Yeah. But if, if I were to plug a monitor into that, I'd be able to use it to like set up shots and shit. But then as soon as I hit record, the monitor would just go black. Damn. Technology. It's great, but it sucks. <laughs> it's the <And> worst. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh so this week I'm not actually I'm not actually Juan Sanchez. I'm his clone. I'm his much healthier, uh much more smarter, but still kind of dumbass clone Jack. I told him that I told him he woke up feeling elegant today wearing his robe. <laughs> well, I've spent the last three days watching movies, working out, and eating three day old pizza. So I'm fucking I'm actually feeling pretty good about myself. Wearing his silk robe. This man looking stylish in the morning. Look underdressed. <laughs> so how is how is the how how what's what's happened? Recap recap of life since the last two weeks since the last episode, the last official episode. Uh, work still sucks, so that's great. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Um, I I expected to suck, but you know music's great. I've been in the studio a little bit. You know we've been working here on some videos. Uh. You know, I'm trying to set some stuff up for the future. You know, reaching out to people, trying to get some deals going down. You know, uh, really just writing every day and trying to perfect the craft. You know. Mm. Yeah, I'm working on just trying to. I'm working on just trying to stay active and do a few less substances during the days. This is probably the first day I haven't actually done or been on anything in like two weeks. I'm reading a lot. Not a lot of different things, just a lot of one thing. Mm. <laughs> so uh yeah there's that and you know just trying to stay focused uh trying to uh, use the 24 hours the best i can you know i have like four or five books i've been moving back and forth between since like august <clears throat> um joseph campbell's a hero Jer- joseph uh, a hero's journey by joseph campbell which is just basically like an analysis of like stories and like how human beings tell stories across different cultures and religions and stuff and just analyzing like the parts of a story basically like the the beginning the call to adventure the the turn the re- the return and stuff like that um i've been listening to the denial of death by ernest becker on audible that's a philosophy book i actually really like that um and gets a bit deep into i mean the title the, the denial of death is basically about how human beings deal with their own with the frailty of their own existence it's a lot of a uh, like research into like Freud and Carl Jung and shit like that. It's um, it's not for the faint of heart because sometimes I'll be listening on my headphones and then I'm like, this is a bit heavy for me right now. I think I need to shut it off. Yeah, it's it's hard to grasp what's going on. Um, I've been trained from an early age that you know, there's there's gonna be a lot more bad that ha- seems like it happens than good. Like the good stuff, we you know we mark it when it happens and then after that we forget about it and the bad stuff kind of lingers. You know, we know it's coming. Or you don't know it's coming and it happens, and then afterwards, like it just stays. You know what I mean? It sucks, and like that we we kind of like even when like we're in problems with people, like arguments and stuff like that. It feels like you only remember the bad stuff. You know what I mean? Like that stuff sticks out. I guess that that has to do with pain. Pain is the the, the greatest teacher, or some shit like that. Um, 
that's that happens all the time with relationships. Uh, you know, sometimes you date someone and you're in it for a while. And, you know, towards the end, it's just all bad shit. It's like all, all fighting or whatever shit's falling apart if it's one of those types of relationships. Or, or you break up for whatever reason. Um, you know, but at first, it's usually like the bad stuff is all you can think about. It's like, ah, man, that, this, why did I ever like that person in the first place? Why did I ever let... But then as time goes on, like, you start to forget the bad shit and then you would start to remember and appreciate what it was about the about the early part about the beginning that you liked about this person so much like with this one girlfriend i had like she was terrible and manipulative and abusive but towards the beginning she hid all that from me and she pretended to be someone else and despite the fact that she was pretending to be someone else like that stuff was still awesome like she she acknowledged me in a way and we had like a particular relationship and friendship that was unique at the time when when we met and when we started dating that spiraled into shit misery and agony but uh you know like i said after a while i was like oh yeah i remember why i liked her in the first place because she was kind of cool mm. i mean i mean like, i yeah, she was pretending to be cool but still i mean i have pretty good um i would say uh me and me and my exes are pre- on pretty good terms as uh on the whole for the most part um i try and do that with everybody though like even the people that like i'm not i don't want to say cut off but like the people that i don't necessarily um hang out with or associate with or we're not as close as we used to be i don't i don't want to leave on bad terms i don't want to keep bad terms like it's just you know when you grow up you got to make decisions you know it's not everybody's coming in the boat with you that started paddling i one of the really in life, one of the only things you could do is just move on, like just keep keep it moving. You can't like you can't get hung up in like, uh, you know, oh I like this person, I'm like, save a spot in my heart for this person. It's like that that kind of like romantics, that kind of stuff sounds romantic. It sounds kind of cute. But it's more like that's like that's more of the convincing yourself type of part of it. But it's more of like I feel like people hang on to other people. Whether it's re- like friendships or relationships or whatever, it's like because we know each other for so long. Yeah, that's the pe- that's the thing that people have a hard time like letting go. It's like yo, but we've we've known each other for so long. We've been through so much, good and bad. Like that's the part that's hard to let go. It's not even that like you like them or like you're you're either over the hate or you're not over the hate it's that part of like letting go of that person entire entirely like because then it's like oh one part one minute like you know you don't know what's gonna happen with them after you well i mean that's just the ebb and flow of time like eventually all relationships or groups of people or whatever they need to do other things and experience other things like as part of a family unit for instance like my parents had five kids and we were a solid family unit for a while, but those kids are going to grow up and move on and do things with their own lives. Like mm-hmm. they, they have to at some point, that's just the natural course of life. That's why I'm always like dumbfounded and flabbergasted at like bands who have been together for like 20 or 30 years with the same members. Like green day have been the th- same three guys since 1991 or two. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm starting to realize now that's why people are always doing like, that's why like musicians and shit are always doing like side projects or like, uh, working with other musicians on stuff because they have to they have to do it for themselves. They have to go see and do other things grow, by man. themselves. And that probably 
you know, makes them want to come back together as a unit stronger. Because, like, Green Day, they've been through so much shit over the course of their career. Like, between the, the personal, Billy Joe's personal issues, I mean, that guy has a lot of fucking problems. But, um, you know, they all go off and do their own side projects and their old side bands and stuff, producing. And then every now and again, they come back together and then they make a new album. And, uh, you know, say what you will about uh, Green Day, but they are one of the most prolific, influential bands of the last 30 years, in my opinion, at least to me. You know, a lot of that is like, I, I mean, I feel that as an artist, too. I'm not necessarily in a group, but like I like to see my buddies get stronger in their craft and then when we come together on a song or a project or some shit like that then it's like like now you got two heavy hitters instead of you know somebody carrying the other person or you know what i mean like now it's now it's uh, now it's a thing that's one issue like you always face with like hip-hop collectives like there's a lot of battling egos like a lot of people who have their own agendas and stuff yeah that's what makes things like that's what makes a group like Brockhampton so rare yeah. Because you know they all have their own individual career aspirations. They all have solo albums and solo projects and stuff, but they choose to keep working together as a unit, like, for now, probably until they can all just start doing their own thing. In an interview one time, Kevin Abstract, he said, I mean, we don't know how much longer this is going to last. We've been doing this since we were 17, 18, and we're already in our mid-20s. So we, we're it's it's a thing for now. It's still a thing. But it's not always going to be a thing. Like he's trying to like prepare the Brockhampton fans for like he's he's doing something really responsible, I think, as far as an artist goes, and trying to tell the fan base like, hey, this isn't forever, and I think you guys should like be ready for that. You should be prepared. Yeah, for that. appreciate it, man. Appreciate everything while it's here because, like I said, like a lot of people get caught up in like, oh, I want the old that the old version of that artist. You know what I mean? I don't like the new version of that artist, and it's just like, yo, man, like appreciate every piece of art. In its time, because once 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 it's gone, once it's done, you don't know what's coming next. There might not be a next. You know what I mean? And like we learn that because we see artists die every day, but also because, you know, like people get mad at artists that do one or two albums and say, "Oh man, they fell off." And it's like, no, I decided to to not rap anymore and do something else, and that's okay. Like you know what I mean? Like there's a there's a hardcore band from Providence called Daughters. Uh, they didn't put out an album for like 10 years same thing with this other band a stoner metal band called sleep both those bands had 10-year hiatuses like between album releases and it's just that's probably just what they felt like they needed to do as individuals or as a unit or whatever yeah, and happens. then when they came back from those 10-year gaps those both those albums fucking hit hard sleep's album which came out in like 2018 or 19 and daughters you don't always get what you want both fucking albums that hit really fucking hard like sleep i don't really know too too much about but um like i remember listening to that album being like god damn this is good this isn't even my kind of music and i love this shit more pain and daughters is that fucking that hardcore that dark hardcore punk stuff that just sounds like you're staying up way too late smoking way too many cigarettes i feel like in music there's like i I hate to say it like this but i don't know any other way to say it but there's like little kid pain and then there's grown grown people pain. And, like, as an artist, you know, if you start as a young artist, like, you're talking about, like, the struggles that you had as growing up and where you're at. And then, you know what I mean? Then you do have some success. So there might be that little gap of where it's not necessarily pain that you're expressing. You're, you know, you finally reached your goal, your dream or whatever. Now you're reaching for new goals. And then you're going to experience new pain. And then they grow up. And then that that that's why, like, when they get older, like, you're like, damn, like, 
they're really like speaking to us now. Like this is when they get that worldwide fame and stuff like that. And I feel like, you know, some of us, you know, of the three of, of the three songs that I recorded that I was really proud of, I can actually kind of track what the impetus for those was. Like with Samantha, it was just a song about uh, being being in a relationship with a hussy. It's just the general feeling of like you know, uh, hey, this this girl's kind of cool, but I, I think she'd be messing around on the side, but and she gives me a hard time. But then when I confront her about it, all of a sudden it's not as cool. Like, if you listen to the lyrics of the song, it's really basic. I mean, it's not like it needs a fucking essay. Um, somehow I forgot to forget was just a breakup song where I was literally saying I keep forgetting to forget this woman. I keep forgetting to forget this pain. And then Hey Girl Let's Fuck was just I was a I was a 21 year old who stayed up way too late one night and I was like this sound that sounds fun Hey Girl Let's Fuck it's kind of edgy you know it's kind of it's kind of cheeky it's, it's kind of fun I feel like the the best songs are, are the most simplest idea that is explained the best so like a lot of times those one liners like you said like hey girl let's fuck like yeah that idea really does work and part of that song is in parentheses to me which adds to the joke it's like the song is called hey girl parentheses let's fuck but like, that's like your job as an artist is to now take that idea and personify it or you know mm. ma- make a picture out of it in somebody's head so that they can understand it stupid timer limit I need to get. I'm not gonna say a better Technology. camera. I'm not gonna say a better camera, but I do need to figure out. I can record for half an hour with this thing. I just keep forgetting to adjust the setting. Hang on. There we go. See, I forgot to do that on the last episode. So every time I tried to like drag the video to line it up, I was always just like, just a little. That I had to like zoom it way in to find the right point because I just forgot to clap every time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, <coughs> sorry. I like to sing in the morning. There's an old That clip, 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 clip. <laughs> let's let's blow out the microphone. <laughs> uh. You remember Mr. The, Clip? You remember that song Desert Rose by Sting? No. Oh man. Come on now. Look Dude. at me. Look at me. Look at me, man. Come on now. Look at you. <laughs> Let me ask a question, Jesse. Is there a defining factor that's supposed to determine whether or not you've listened to Desert Rose? All right, Rose? I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real with y'all, man. <laughs> like I love music and stuff like that, and I don't hate any music. I'm open to listen is to there, any type of music, but there, I'm never gonna search for anything that's not hip hop ever by myself. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. So, like, people at my job do that all the time. They'll be like, "Oh, you heard this song?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, I have not heard it. I will, but I've never heard it, bro." Like, oh man, it's it's fuck. It's one of those like, it's like a late. It came out in, like 1999 or something. The song's so fucking strange sounding, but Sting does this like yodeling type of singing. He's like. No, I'm not an Come on now. As you're saying that, you got to be listening, thinking in your head. Yeah, Jesse, it's definitely not bumping that oh, shit. You were alive in his teeth. You were alive in 1999. It was all over yeah, the radio. Yeah, I was alive in 1999. <laughs> There's a lot of rap songs I didn't listen to either that came out in 1999. <laughs> Let's see if I can find. Yeah, this is fifth. In 1999, bumping this shit. Is that 11? 
Yeah, me and my parents. Me and my parents are in the back in the Jeep pumping this shit. Yeah, for sure. For sure, bro. Yeah, nothing against this, but yeah, yeah. That's a, look, yeah. Dead ass. Of course he's doing that shit. Like, why? what else would Jesse be listening to at that time? <laughs> Jesse Piff is smoking him Piff. I wouldn't even Piff that. So, like, I was probably listening to, like, DMX back then. Oh, oh, oh. Right. And this man. This Yo, boy. Fuck that shit. He was on the, he was on the remix of Roland. With the uh, Limp Biscuit, I used to listen to Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water when I was a kid because I had terrible parents. But yeah, I remember fucking hearing DMX all over that. Yeah, Limp Biscuit rode that rap wave real, real far. <coughs> and Lincoln Park, they rode that shit. Good for them though. I definitely think Lincoln Park did it better because, like, like I was I was talking to you about this last time, how I feel about Limp Biscuit's discography. But like, by the time Chocolate Starfish came around, which is like 2000 or 2001. I feel like they were kind of out of gas creatively because there's a lot of there's a, that album is stuffed with musical and lyrical ideas that could have been stripped away. It's just because like they were at their most popular and they were all like, all right, let's fucking pack this album out with content and that'll take us through the next two years. But I mean, they kind of hit a peak with Significant Other. I mean, Significant Other was their best album. That was the one that had break stuff on it. I did not listen to them either, bro. Right now. Oh man, my fucking dad loved them back in the day. Probably just because he was like a fucking angry young man, you know. What I mean, by the time, by the time Significant Other came out, my dad was probably like thirty one, thirty or thirty one. I heard that would, they, like I said, that shit worked. That collab shit with Jay Z, like that shit works. Oh yeah, that collaboration album that Lincoln Park did with Jay Z, that was pretty dope. It was just the. I would have never listened to them without that. I don't even really listen to Jay Z. That was another album I used to listen to a lot when I was a kid. Fucking Hybrid Theory. It was the only. It was a really tight album. It was only like 32, 35 minutes or something like that. Yeah. And I was living in Wesley at the time, and I remember I used to just listen to it. Oof, pardon me. I used to just listen to it from back to front. I used to know all the words and shit. That's one reason why, like, when Chester Bennington died, it was, like, really close and personal to me, even more than most artists. Like, I know people are always like, people are always like, oh, I felt like I, it felt like he spoke to, it felt like, I, I didn't feel anything like that about it. I just know that, there was a time in my life when I listened to that album every day is basically part of like my DNA. So when he died, it really did feel like a part of me died just because of how much I listened to the music. Mm-hmm. But also like going back and like when he died, I went back and tried to listen to that album. And it was so heartbreaking because like the stuff that Chester's talking about, like all of his pain and stuff, knowing that it would eventually get to him. I actually started crying one time when I was listening to yeah, it's tough, bro. Like, I was listening to like in the end or something. Mm-hmm. Which is like, not, it's like that song and Crawling, I think, are a little bit overrated. But when Chester died, and I actually listened to like In the End and was like, I was, I literally started bawling at one point. I was, I was just like, I can't, I can't finish listening to this. My sister was like, and I was like, Jamie, I can't. You know, it's the thing is like, that's why I say you don't choose music. Music chooses you. Like, even the songs you don't like that stick with you, like, it's just, it touches something in you or whatever. And the songs that you do like that you can't stop listening to, like, they really hit a nerve that you you know you agree with, and that's why it does stick with you for so long. So when somebody that is making that that type of music does die, like it does feel like you you do lose a part of yourself. You're like, I can't hear this no more. I can't hear what they're going through. Like, is this what I'm gonna go through now? Like, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people relate to stuff that they're going through with the artists that are talking about that shit. So like, when they lose it, 
they're like, well, what do I, where do I go now? Where do I turn to? This has been my safety net. Like, whenever things are going wrong, this is what I play. When I wake up, this is what gets me hype. When I got to go to work, this is what puts me in the mood. Like, that's what we do with music. And, like, when we lose somebody good, like, that shit hurts. Yeah. So fuck anybody that gets fucking upset when you get upset about shit, bro. Like, especially when it comes to music, that shit means a lot to me, man. Like. Music doesn't like not like when I watch movies, I'll cry like a bitch. I admit that. Like, yeah. uh, if you're watching a movie with it's me, the same thing. If you watch a movie with me, there's a chance that I'll probably start crying in front of you. Like it's movies, thing, movies bro. touch me really bad, really hard like that. Music touches me really hard too, but it takes a bit more for me to start crying at music. Probably just because like I I, I don't know I don't know what it is. I don't, I think of myself as more of a musician than like a filmmaker. I think as like a filmmaker, I'm able to put myself in like. When I'm watching a movie, I'm not watching it as a filmmaker. I'm watching it as a guy who's, you know, trying to like. But then when I'm listening to music, I'm like, oh, I'm a musician, so I have to listen to this technically for and critically. Me, for me, like, cause I love media, like I I love visual media and audio media. So um, like, straight I'm, across, I'm the always board, yeah. watching TV shows and movies and stuff like that. And like, I get I get what you're saying, and like, for uh, I I did agree with that for a while. Until I really realized, like, the role that music plays in media and, like, the people who score movies and shows is really important. And, like, that takes a lot because you have to, like, you're setting the mood of a certain situation in the movie and that, that, and people don't even notice that you're doing that, okay? And music comes in first before audio. And, like, when I feel like you, because you have... The visual aspect of it, you don't necessarily have to say certain things. So I feel like with music, it's a lot harder to get your point across than it it can be. It can be harder to get your point across in music than it can be in uh, the visual arts. I was listening to Green Day's Warning album last night when I was closing down the dish pit at work. And there was a song in there. It didn't... Waiting. That's what it was. I love that. <clears throat> Fucking! I just watched I, it the other day. The what? Waiting. The movie waiting. The movie. Oh, the movie waiting. I was talking about a, a song by Green Day. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'll have to check that one out. Who's in that? What? You ever see Waiting? I I Waiting from back in the day. It's uh, it's got Dane Cook and uh, Ryan Reynolds in it. Uh, it's a Dane Cook movie, so he ends up with some impossibly hot. No, 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 no. He's, he's not annoying. the main character. He's not the main character. This is when he was big, but this is when Ryan Reynolds was like kind of blowing up. It's that raunchy TV era. Um, fucking Andy Milanakis is in that shit. Oh no, shit. Yeah, it and it's about the the restaurants. Um, the dude from fucking Jeepers Creepers is in that shit too. All right, I'll just check I, that out. I fucking forget his name. But he's, yeah, oh, he's oh Justin main, Long. Yeah, he's the main character in this. Oh, dude, Justin Long is actually really and funny. His, uh, co- his, his co-star is uh, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, but like I was saying, the Green Day song, Waiting, I was like listening to it, and um, just uh, I, I didn't start crying at it, but like some of the lyrics were like touching me when I was listening to it, and I did kind of I did kind of have a moment where I could feel my eyeball like starting to just like, it's like, hey, I might bust a tear, and I'm like, come on, man, I'm working. Let's not do this right now. Let's just finish it out. That's how I feel when I listen to Mac Miller. That's all I'll say about that. But yeah, I feel real. Here's a, like I showed you a couple of lines today. Like there's a lot of lines in there that will shake you up, like you said, because you know the end. Yeah. Especially the last two albums, because like one of them was after he died, and the other one was uh, you know, right before he died. So like. Yeah, listening to circles is hard because yeah, of that. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, Mac like, Miller is a tough one. When I first when I first heard um. What was the lead single? Good news. When I first heard Good News, 
I remember I just I just sat there like this, like by the end, and I was like, oh man. So um, I watched this uh this background on it on circles, and um, if you play the album all the way through on repeat, sonically it's a circle. So the last note on the last song of circles is like a broken note. And then it ends on that broken note, right? And then the first note of the first song fixes it. That's dope. That's actually really cool. Um, so if you play it in, a, if you actually play it all the way around, it's a circle. I know that swimming in circles were supposed to be like companion pieces. It's so supposed I, to be three. I didn't know that. I put swimming and circles in a playlist on title, and I listened to it all the way through a couple times, and I can definitely hear the. I can hear the, the interrelation yeah. between the albums. He, like, swim. So swimming, he did, but he definitely sculpted that one out, and also Mac plays pretty much a hundred percent of the instruments on it on yeah. all of the songs. And um, I think the guy who produced it, his name is John Bryan or Byron I don't remember or whatever. Top of my head. Um, Byron sounds familiar. Yeah. So they did interviews with him. And so he said, like, that originally Mac had an idea of three albums. So it was going to be Swimming in Circles and then something else. And the last one was going to be, like, a pure rap hip-hop album. Hmm. But they never got to it, obviously. Uh, Mac had always said that, like, once one album that he puts out, once it's an album that he already puts out, he's already working on the next one. So that's why swim- why, that's why Circles was already done. Yeah. Because he had, they had been working on them together because they knew they were going to finish the projects pretty much together. So, like, also, if you play, like you said, if you play Swimming all the way through and then you play Circles, the last song of cir- of Swimming, the very last line in that, he he refers to um, his problems with um, drug addiction and his problems in life and how he's trying to get over it, but he always ends up drawing Circles. And then they start off. And then, like, they said, like, the first song of Circles, like, they really made it, like, a point. Like, if you, if like, after, like think about, like, how you felt after he died. And then you listen to Circles. I mean, yeah, you listen to Circles. And the very first line of Circles is, well, this is what it looks like when you're about to fall. I, um... I only started listening to Mac Miller like a week or two before he died because I uh, listened to the Friends Own podcast and one of the hosts on there, uh, she was saying something about how much she liked Mac Miller. So I started listening to him and then a week or two later, it was like, oh, Mac Miller found dead at the age of 26. I was like, damn. No, I started listening to Mac uh, from Nike's On My Feet on. So um, that was back when he was still in high school. Yeah, so that would have been like 2009 or 10. Yeah. Um, and that's because I found Wiz Khalifa. I found Wiz Khalifa because I was a Lil Wayne fan. Lil Wayne signed Currency. Currency got dropped from Young Money. He made How Fly with Wiz Khalifa. So I caught Wiz a little late, but not as late as everybody else because that was still before he got signed like to the big time uh, yeah. labels and shit. Black and yellow. So like, yeah, that's a, even How Fly's even way before that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Like Black Black and Yellow is probably his first major hit. Um, but. They're both from Pittsburgh. They're both on Rostrum Records at the time, so that's how I found Mac. And, like, Nike's on my feet was pretty dope. I like that one a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, and, like I said, like, Mac, Mac's that guy. 
Yeah, my sister, one of my sisters, she really likes uh like def- the Divine Feminine and Good AM. So, I I still got AM. I was listening to that. Too. That's that was with uh Brandon. So. I still gotta dig through Max discography. I haven't really gone back and like start other than at kids. swimming in circles. I haven't start at kids, and then just go through. Yeah, go straight through. Yeah, pretty much. Probably the best way to do it. Yeah. yeah, it's always hard. It's always hard for me to like go back and listen to an artist's early stuff because it feels like it yeah. feels like go like. I don't know, I don't want to say going back in time, but it does feel like some in a way. I guess I was gonna say this before with the relationship thing, but like. You can't live in the past. That's why I'm always like kind of listening to the most recent projects by an artist. When you're young. Nah, now watch. This is what she's gonna like. All right, we'll do this one first. Cause, sorry, I don't pay for YouTube, so we're gonna have some ads. Play now and watch the video. So like, this is this is. This is old school Mac. I hope that the real Mac fans listening will understand where I'm coming from. Get high, get high, get high. Yo, man, that is, yo. When did that shit come out, bro? That was 10 years ago. Damn. That was 10 years ago, Mac, while he was still in high school. All right, that's called Senior Skip Day. Go back to kids, my dude. Kicking incredibly dope shit. (laughs) Most dope, bro. Somebody, Somebody in the kitchen yesterday made a Charlie Sheen reference. They went winning. And I remember thinking to myself, like, damn, that shit was 10 years ago now. Bro. I'm starting to feel fucking old. <laughs> Tell you. Like, definitely, like, if you haven't checked Max's old shit out, check his old shit out. Definitely check his late, the last shit he did out. Like, that man is God. I'm going to be 29 in April. Fucking, I'm not even close to 30. <laughs> I'm 32, so... I'm pretty close to thirty. Yeah, that's the thing. I, that's the thing I keep saying to like remind myself that I'm still relatively young, but also on the other hand, I'm I'm almost thirty. Hey man, thirty's the new twenty. <laughs> Denial is the new math. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> we here though. Well, I mean, it, compared to like like when we were kids, like when fifty year olds looked like old people. You know, like now you look at fifty year olds and it's like they look old, but it's like they just look like a older thirty year old or something, oh, you know? And like everybody says I look like I'm twenty five. Well, I mean so, you know, thank you for that, but not I'm I don't ha- feel like it either. People yeah, people tell me I, I aged really well too. They tell me I look a lot younger than I am, but it's like keep in mind I'm half white, so there's an eighty percent chance I'm gonna look <laughs> eighty next week. Uh, I got my math I, fucked I mean, up. There's fifty percent chance I'm gonna look eighty next week. If I shaved, I could look a little bit younger, but you know it's COVID, so yeah. I ain't shaved. And I just said, "Fuck it." I really like the mustache. I really like the handlebar cowboy look. Yeah. I'm gonna go where it warms my face. <laughs> so we were talking about. Uh, I wanted to bring this up. I wrote it down, but uh, Pop Smoke. He uh, coming up on a year anniversary of his death, and I want to talk about. Like, yeah, rest in peace. Before, before I just want to say I do have respect. Before I go into this, because I might make a couple of crude jokes, but before I go into this, I do have a lot of respect for Pop Smoke's music and him as a person. However, 
Um, in his lyrics, he did talk a lot about people running up on him. He did talk about like you can you can try to bring it if you want, and uh, someone did bring it, and uh, like that's how that one turned out. I mean, it, it's unfortunate that that's what happens, and you know, uh, I hate to say that like, you know, you get what you get what you deserve or anything like that, because I don't feel that way. I feel like. Yeah, man, you should, you know, you get freedom of speech. Whether that's, like, what he really meant or that's how he felt. Like, he was expressing his pain and mm. the way that he felt living in the streets. And, you know, like, he didn't get enough time as a artist to learn how to protect himself in, in, in a better way than he was used to. You know, in the streets you can kind of, I mean, you can't hide, but you can, you know, you can be a little bit more sneaky than you can when you're famous and he didn't get enough time to be famous and figure it all out. And also and you gotta be fortunate. You gotta be careful on Instagram. Like he basically he basically like gave away the address of the place he was staying at at the time and that's probably why probably yeah. why that shit happened. Inside's twenty twenty man. Because uh, he was uh that shit don't fail. Was it they were they did like a fo- like he rented a car or something and like he was staying at a the at the Airbnb out there in California and he posted some pictures on Instagram, and you could clearly see the address of the place he was staying at. And somebody probably just knew, like, "Hey, I know what neighborhood that is. Let's let's go." I mean, that's unfortunate, you know. That's a bunch of circumstances coming together in yeah. the wrong way. So, and it happens way too often. It, but like you said, you know, what I mean, when you rap about that stuff, you do take that risk, and you know, maybe he was willing to take that risk. You know, nobody really says that. Like, maybe, like, some people are like, yo, like, this is how I live, and, you know, this is how I'm going to die. And, like, I want to live fast, and I want to die well. You know what I mean? And, like, some people don't agree with that, you know? And some people do. It's, you know? It's all about morals. It's, uh, it, it just, I can't, I just can't get over the... I can't get over the irony because of all the most recent artist deaths, I think that's the one that's the most ironic and probably I won't say telegraphed because I mean Juice World was he swallowed a bunch of pills on a plane because he thought he was gonna get caught by the cops. Yeah. So like I mean I feel like that one is probably that was a surprise. I didn't expect that one. I did. <coughs> I mean if you listen to Juice World's music. He was clearly in a lot of pain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the most. Out of the people who died recently, like, X was in a lot of pain, and X, X, X expressed that, but X was murdered. He was gunned down, found just like Pop Smoke. Whereas, you know, Juice World, like, he, you know, you gotta, you gotta move smarter than that. Even if that's your lifestyle, that, especially, like, that is a situation which... He could have controlled better. And he had the time to figure it out. But, like, listen to his, his freaking show. You listen to Wishing Well. Oh, my God. Have you listened to Wishing Well by Juice World? Uh, no. Oh, my God. I'll check that out. He, literally in the song, he says, this is my song crying out for help. Yeah. Like, they're not listening to me. Like, this is my last, like, song. and, like, that was the last song he came out with after, or the first song he came out with after he died. Mm. So, like, if we're going to talk about somebody that, like, you know, is it's ironic that they died 
like recently after like they made a song like that or right before they made a song like like that right before it came out with a song like that juice world's on the top of my list like for sure the only reason the only reason i um rest in peace to juice world though yeah the the only reason i'm uh, uh we were talking about this before we started recording but like juice world I, I always felt like he was using his death more as like um like a symbolism or like metaphor for how much uh you know, for how much pain he was going through because, you know, because of a breakup or whatever, saying that, like, I, I always thought he was using it more as, like, hyperbole than, like, an actual, like, I don't, I don't, I didn't ever think he was actually, like, predicting his death. I thought, I, I don't know. To, to, as a writer, whenever he references his own death, to me, it just seemed like he was, um, using it, again, just as a, as a, as a, as a, What's the word I'm looking for? Simile? I would say, in most artists, yeah. But with Juice World, because he was so famous for not writing things down and coming off the top of the head, that was the true thought that he felt. Yeah. Death was on his mind. A lot. And there's a lot of people that say that, like, you can almost write your own death because there's a lot of artists that they do die and, like, for instance, Mac Miller, right before he died, if you look at um, Swimming, the only, uh, pretty sure the only video on that is self-care, which is when he is buried alive, okay? And he died right before Swimming came out. Triple uh, X, I forget the name of the song, but his last song was him seeing himself at his own funeral. So like, and that was right before they died. And that that's just a couple of. I remember that video. Ones. Yeah, he was fighting himself. And they both happened at this like I'm pretty sure in the same week or so. Okay, and uh, and then Juice World died, and the same thing happened. He came out with Wishing Well, and you're like, whoa, like, whoa, like please go listen to Wishing Well, and like you will break your heart, especially if you know Juice World, like, or you listen to his stuff, like it's definitely there. And, like, and I don't want to say, like, he's at fault or anything like that. Because, like, if you listen to his other's music, like, he is clearly in pain. He is definitely crying out for help. Like, me and my girl had a conversation. And what she said was, like, how did his engineer not say anything? How did his manager not say anything? How did his label not say anything? Like, he clearly was saying, I don't know what the hell is going on and I'm scared. Like, you can hear it in almost every song. They, they don't care. They're making money handy. And, like I said... He freestyled a lot. Like, his whole album... He had a whole album where he freestyled. The whole thing. So, like... That's why people... I guess that's why people say, like, Juice World was on his way to becoming a legend, or he is a legend, or was a legend, whatever, however you want to phrase it, is because he had so much talent, and he was speaking from such a pure, like, thought space, like for lack of a better term, like, it was just so, like, clearly thought out once it came out, like, that it was scary. Like, the talent was scary. Like, I'll be honest. I, I initially didn't like Juice World 2 too much when he came out. I got into him because he did a song with Ski Mask, the Slump God, uh, mm -hmm. Nuketown. And I heard I heard him on that track, like, yelling mm -hmm. and screaming and shit. And I was like, Juice can do this? Mm -hmm. I was like, this guy has a lot of... Like un I didn't realize like he had this diverse of like a range of like talent, so that's why I started getting into his yeah. stuff more after that. I would say he's like a mix of like uh, Trippy Red and Lil Uzi and a little bit of X. Oh yeah, probably. I'd say that's um, 
I'd say that even going back a little bit further, I'd say I was just listening to 808s and Heartbreak by Kanye last night, and that album was uh, uh, critically lambasted at the time. People were like, this isn't hip-hop, this isn't rap, what the fuck is this? Yeah, but now... But, with, but you were just mentioning those artists, I think they took a lot of influence from 808s and era. Oh, a lot of, yeah, a lot not of them just, talk about that. Not too. just Kanye, but, like, the production and, like, the lyrical elements and stuff like that. A lot like, of artists now say that they, they took a lot from that album and the work that Kanye and Cudi did, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Cudi worked on that album with him, too. Uh, yeah, I know he was on. I know he was on the second song on 808s and Heartbreak. I don't know. No, how I mean much. I'm pretty sure he helped him with the production of the album. Possibly. I I was like I was just looking at the track listing last night. I know he's credited on at least one song as like a feature artist. So yeah. it's it's possible. I know him and him and Kanye have worked together on a lot of shit over the years. Yeah. And uh, they uh, I know like they weren't friends for a little while, but then obviously they are. They were. They they came back. They rec- reconciled before Kids See Ghosts. But uh, yeah, Kitsy Ghost is pretty fucking dope. That's another one where it's speaking of artists and pain and stuff. That's I'm I'm a little bit worried about Kanye. Honestly, now he's getting divorced from Kim. Um, you say what you want about his like politics and his music and stuff like that, but like as a person who, as a person who deals with mental issues, um, I I, I am just worried about him. Like I'm I'm kind of scared. I hope nothing bad happens to him. Me too. You know what I mean? I don't want anything to happen to anybody. I want worse bad on my worst enemy. Cause, cause you know, and he's he's crying out for help. He always has. Yeah, he's been he's been he's been on the edge for a lot of years. Uh, you know, it, it keeps going back to like who you put around you. Like I said, like who's the one telling you that this shit is okay? Like who's just letting you know what I mean? And sometimes you get to a certain stage like where you're at with Kanye where nobody around you can tell you no. I was watching um I was watching that guy on YouTube, Anthony Fantano, he does music reviews, but he also does like the occasional like video where he talks about like an opinion or something or something going on in the music industry. Mm-hmm. But he said that Kanye just seems to like only be surrounding himself with like yes men and sycophants and just people who won't really challenge him or say no to him on anything. Who wants to challenge Kanye? You wanna get fired? True. They all yeah. got kids and families. I'm, I'm guessing, or at least, you know, aspirations of where they want to get in life. Nobody wants to get fired. It's a lot of people that want to talk shit about them, but at the same time, you're gonna talk shit to your boss. Yeah. As much as you hate your job. I feel like I feel like uh, I feel like the best bosses would encourage that though. They would encourage like. We would hope. Yeah. But every- people suck. <laughs> More times than not, people suck. I mean, bro. Gary V says that shit all the time. He's like, if somebody wants to come to me about something, it's like I'll I'll listen. If they that's think Gary they have, V, yeah. bro. And I wish that's Gary V. Everybody wishes that Gary V. Was yeah, but at the same time, are you gonna tell Gary V off even if he gave you the chance? Yeah, that's why I can never think of myself as like a boss. I guess because like if somebody were to if somebody were to counteract me or go against me or whatever, I would be like, okay, you probably have a fair point. Like I, I'm just I'm willing to listen to everyone, even if I don't want to. I still will. There's a difference between like writing people off and not listening to them and making the final decision and it not and them not agreeing with it. And like being a boss is a person that can you know not necessarily like psychologically play with people's minds, but knowing what the people around you need in order to succeed and want to be around and want to give you those give up their time, bro. Like time is so expensive. Like. 
And we don't get paid enough for it in any fucking aspect. And, like, like, come on, man. The government determines how much our time is worth based on what we do. But all jobs are hard. All jobs have their own fucking psychological and physical toll. Yeah, when people say things like, oh, you can get the, you can get a job you want to get. It's like people have jobs that they actually like. Someone's calling me right now. Yeah, me too. I, I, when I got this job, I thought I was like, I never had a job I liked. And now I got a job I like. And because of how they treat me, now I don't like it. Yeah. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like there's always going to be that flip where like they could do what they want at the end of the day. It's like even if I were to start like doing this stuff as like a job and making money off of it, eventually it would eventually it would ride me the wrong way because it's a job. And like at the end of the day, a job is like is no matter how much you like it, it's just it's just a part of life. Like you shouldn't you shouldn't wrap your life or, or design your life around your job. I mean, for me, like with music. I've tried to put music on the back burner. I've tried to stop and get a job and do all that other shit. And music always comes back. So even when I don't want to rap, I still write. So, like, for me, it's like, why fight it? You know? That's really my passion. Why fight it? Mm. You know? Yeah, I guess I guess there's probably a lot of there's probably a lot of, you know, insecurity and like second guessing wrapped in in the way I uh. I don't produce as much as I should. I definitely don't make as much things as I should. But we're getting there. To. Yeah, true. We're getting there. I got that. The problem is I want to do like that surreal, like Eric Andre type stuff. I want to start doing that kind of stuff like in my videos. You, know, you got to build up to it. Yeah. I just lo- I love the way fucking every episode begins. The Eric Andre show starring Eric Andre. Ah! Ah! Just everything smashing shit. Every uh, good things come to those who wait, man. Well, not wait; those who make it happen. But you know, you gotta still be patient. Yeah, I was about about to say patience is key. It might take might take ten years. Yeah, as long as you're diligent and you're persistent, you'll you know get better and you'll do it. You'll find I'm, your own way. I'm gonna get a tattoo. I think I'm gonna get a tattoo. It's just a list of things I want to get done before I'm forty. Like, you know, save X amount of money. Um. There were some other stupid goals, like I wouldn't do that. Get shredded or something. <laughs> Either you're gonna finish the goals too quickly, or you're gonna look back at it and be like, "Damn, I didn't finish these shits." And now, fuck. Well, like I got this tat. I was thinking if I like, I get, I get like, I get the tattoo, and then like as the years go by, as I knock things off the list, just like get like the. I, I was thinking of getting it on my leg. That's why I keep pointing to my leg. But then like as I meet each goal, I would like cross it out i would get a tattoo of it getting crossed out hey, you man, know whatever whatever gets you to the promised land i guess it, it's <laughs> it's a really dumb idea but then it, i don't have any i don't have any tattoos or anything so it was just a funny thing Maybe I was, not the first one <laughs> yeah no the first one the first one's probably just gonna be like danny the fish Pops from, probably won't like that <laughs> <laughs> well, I, <laughs> well it's not like i'm gonna go over to my parents house and then lift up my shorts and be like hey mom dad look at my tattoo be like god damn it bobby <laughs> <laughs> these are the goals i want to get done in the next 12 years <laughs> <laughs> who did this for taking you back <laughs> but uh, that shit wash off <laughs> no for my first tattoo i'm probably going to get to there's this there's this band called pepper they're like a reggae rock band but on their very first album it's just like a picture of a fish just like hitchhiking um so i'm probably going to get that in fact i'm going to look it up right now and show you while uh 
while we're while we're on the show. Dun, dun, incorrect dun, pen enter. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it all in. I had to bring that back for a second. This guy. This man's gonna get copyrighted. He get copyrighted like a motherfucker. <laughs> By Mac Miller and that shit. Oh, YouTube said this copyright claim. They have to bleep out that whole part of the whole other show. It's gonna be like, beep. This is. This program is brought to you by Million X Girlfriends. And we could not play this shit because it's copyrighted by YouTube. Fuck them. <laughs> My bad. I didn't mean to say that. Playing licensed music. We're just kidding, YouTube. We love you guys. Oh, this is YouTuber called, uh, uh, well, his name is Charlie, but like he goes by his YouTube channel is Penguin Z, Penguin Z Zero. And he talks shit about YouTube all the time. He's one of he's a he's got like seven million followers or some shit like that. So it's not like a small channel, but he's always talking about like how shit YouTube is. But um, he did do a video recently where he was like, "Oh, I actually got in touch with the human at YouTube and talked to some people." Like he he's like, "I finally had a conversation with some humans and yeah. to like figure some shit out." But for years he was just like the fuck is this shit youtube the only way the only way anybody can get in contact with you is by bitching about is by bitching to you on twitter yes (laughs) yes that's where we respond that's that's the fish i was talking about hey you can get that on you yeah not bad colorful colorful stoner eyed yeah tattoos are uh very i I like the art of uh getting a tattoo it's uh it's very relaxing for me i've here's a fun fact about jesse piff i've fallen asleep during every tattoo except for uh the little ones couple little ones probably not my best idea because you know you could like move or anything like that but luckily the guys that uh have tattooed me you know they they've been there for a while work around it yeah they know it's good i'll probably get like the outlines done first and stuff because there's a lot of coloring going on there like honestly i say because like i'm i'm black so like color doesn't really it's not that it doesn't show up just doesn't show up as vibrant as i want it to sometimes so i tell all people with fair skin you better go get some fucking color on you motherfuckers like Mm. (laughs) that i wish i could (laughs) all of my shits would have buku color (laughs) if i could man yeah i do want to try to keep it simple but uh yeah i like the color scheme i like the color scheme on that fish but other than that i'm probably just gonna get like a bunch of like black and white shits i can't really think of anything that's like Cause if if I do get tattoos, even I mean that's kind of a that's kind of a like a commitment. I would say just make sure you know what you want, and make sure you know that it's not coming off. Also, I got I got psoriasis too. That's the other thing that's kept me from getting tattoos in so far. It's because yeah. like most of the good tattoo areas have fucking dry skin on them, so yeah. it's fucking a nightmare. Like I can't get like I can't really get anything on like my lower legs. My upper legs have some dry skin on them and shit. My arms are covered in dry skin, so like. I got, like, the back and the chest, really, to work with. Hey, man, I'm going to let you know, man. That shit will dry you out, too, when they get it done. Shit hurts. Oh, oh, fuck yeah. At first. You always need a reason to take your shirt off. Also, make sure you know where you're going to go. Like, that shit is big, 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 big. Big. Make sure you know the state laws of the state in which you're going to get tattooed because not every state makes sure that tattoo artists have to necessarily have clean needles. I'm not saying that there's... That there's artists out there that do that. I'm just saying they don't have to necessarily in certain states. 
Um, luckily, all the tattoo places I've gone, you know, reputable places. I've been referred from friends that have gotten tattoos and stuff like that. Except for, you know, one of them, you know, <laughs> except from a buddy in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, we're all we've all been sixteen and dumb. Uh, 18 and dumb, I should say. My and, dad uh, had a friend who was a professional tattoo artist, but for a lot of years, my dad had a uh, he had a a unicorn or something on his arm. He got it when he was really drunk. He said he thought it was a Pegasus. But uh, years later, when I was like, I I was still a kid at the time, so it must have been like the late 90s or early 2000s. But he he we went over to one of his friend's houses, and his friend like tattooed over it like an actual good looking tattoo mm. like covered it up with like a tiger um and it looks really dope considering that it's a kitchen tattoo but it was done by like a guy who was a yeah. professional and had his own shop and shit oh, yeah, no don't get it don't get it twisted like just because it's in the kitchen or it, even if you got jailhouse tattoos like people think that motherfuckers are still heating up fucking combs and 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 picking people up and shit like that now mm. they got fucking tattoo guns and shit in there, yeah like, a lot more accessible now yeah like people are wild people create whole careers tattooing in jail like that's just, and then when they get out, you know, they make a business out of that shit, man. Like, that's real deal shit, bro. Like, kudos to them, too. Also, you get a tattoo, make sure you know if that motherfucker's got, like, a heavy hand or not. That shit could fucking hurt, too. Like, they could be good as fuck, but sometimes, like, motherfuckers just don't give a damn about the pain. <laughs> like, some some tattoo artists know that, like, you can adjust the speed and shit like that, make yeah. it so that it doesn't really hurt. Like, some people that are really, really good, like, it doesn't hurt. Like I said, like, you get to a point, like, if you're doing, like, a... A pretty decent sized tattoo where it's gonna take a couple hours. Like I fall asleep. Like you just get lulled to sleep with you know it being, um, you know, on not on a a bone. <laughs> that shit don't feel good. Yeah, certain certain spots don't feel good. Chest in the back is gonna hurt, my friend. I'm just gonna let you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I figure tattoos are gonna hurt point blank. So not all of them. You'd be surprised, but some of them. The weirdest thing I guess about getting a tattoo was when it hits nerves. Like, hitting bone is weird because, like, you'll feel it through the whole bone. Yeah. But, like, hitting a nerve, like, I remember when they did my shoulders, like, they hit a nerve, like, on the inside of my shoulder, and I could feel it in my neck and in my in my jaw and shit like that. Like, that was crazy. Like, my girl got tattoos on her back and shit like that, like, on her spine. And, yeah. like, she said, like, that shit, like, you could feel that shit in other places. That shit was the weirdest shit ever. And something like that, when I have, last time I had my teeth cleaned, they were using, like, the... It's like a water pick that also uses like sonic sound waves to help fucking clean the teeth. So like when the dude was like working on my teeth, every now and again I could like hear the fucking sound wave in my ear because it was traveling along my fucking jawline into the center of my ear, mm-hmm. and it was just like fucking. Uh, it was it was the most annoying pitch. It kept just like this really faint, really high pitched like would just creep into my ear every now and again i'd be like ah the dude would be like he'd be like is your ear fucked up again i'd be like yeah i just need a second and make sure you tip your your, your tattoo artist like obviously if they do a bad job i mean do whatever you gotta do handle your business <laughs> but, <laughs> or don't handle it whatever it goes but like if they do a good job and like they take care of you and you know your shit doesn't get infected and you know what i mean you feel good about what you got like make sure you tip them like well Make sure to tip your tattoo artist. Yeah. I don't say I don't think people say that enough. They say tip your bartender, but tip your tattoo artist, man. We love those guys. I need more. I tip anybody who has a service job, honestly. Yeah, I'm just saying, man. Like, fucking like restaurant. This shit's gonna be on your body for the rest of your life. That that shit I eat at the restaurant is going out tomorrow, yeah. tonight. Shit, you know what I mean? Like this shit's gonna be on me for life. I'm tipping you, bro. Mm. 
Yeah. I'm talking like $100, $200, depending on what you get, you know? Some people spend months and months getting themselves tattooed, bro. Like, it looks all all fine and dandy when it's all done, but that shit ain't easy. Like, you see all them arms covered in, and legs covered and shit like that when they do sleeves and shit like that. Like, that takes three, four, five, six sessions, bro. Like, sometimes you got to get one piece done and get another piece done and then wait and wait and wait and wait and get another piece done. Sometimes people just got the outline for mad long. Then all of a sudden they get colored because they got the money and shit like that. Like, it's just not easy. But I commend them too. That shit takes dedication. I had to decide whether or not I wanted to record the video for this last part, but fuck it. I don't I don't know how long it's going to be, so let's just... Uh, I mean, I got to go pee, man. Got to take a piss. Got to, you know, empty the dragon. Finish. All right, let's finish let's finish this out like professionals. Jesse, do you have any recommendations, movies, TV, books? Um, no Escape. Uh, that was a good movie. Um, books, Outliers. I uh, keep saying that till I'm blue in the face. And uh, I want to finish. I, music, I have Jesse Piff, because you know you drop it on uh, February fourth, baby. I have Outliers on Audible, and I'm going to start listening to it once I finish Denial of Death, because I already have three other books I've started on Audible that I haven't finished yet, so I'm going to try to finish one of those first. Well, there you go. But, um, yeah, I just want to recommend, I'm just, I've just been watching movies all week, so I, I'd recommend uh, Fifth Element. That's good for a rewatch. Um, I also want to recommend Lost in Translation. Written and directed by Sofia Coppola, starring Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. I'm a sucker for a. I wouldn't necessarily call it call Lost in Translation a love story, but it does have some romantic love elements to the story, mm. and uh, it's very very cute, very adorable, very touching. And I did just watch another movie recently. Oh yeah, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit was fucking dope. Um, cool. If if you like if you like cute if you like. I wouldn't call it a kids movie, but it it's a movie about a 10-year-old kid in Nazi Germany who has Adolf Hitler as an imaginary friend. And it's outright hilarious, but also touching at the same time. It's not trying to be a war movie. It's not even necessarily trying to be a World War II movie. It just uses the World War II era as set dressing to push across its themes and messages. It sounds like the movie Santa Claus, but for the Holocaust. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you should watch Jojo Rabbit. And see. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I'm just I say it. That's just, that's just what it sounds like to me. <laughs> I really like walk jo- around you know, Hitler. Be like, oh man, I don't know if I should really kill these people, bro. And he's like, do it, do it now. <laughs> and you remember, you remember Thor Ragnarok, right? Yeah. The guy who wrote and directed Thor Ragnarok wrote and directed Jojo Rabbit. The guy who played Korg in Thor Ragnarok that was the director. Oh. Um. He plays Adolf Hitler in Jojo Rabbit, and he's wasn't impressed. He's fucking hilarious. Wasn't impressed. Adolf Hitler. Hey, if you're watching this motherfucker, you should have made Thor Ragnarok more gory and more of a war movie than a comedy, you bastard. Yeah, you know, I mean, he was working with Disney and Marvel. It was Fuck just, that shit. They should've already, been, they already should have been slicing bitches' heads off and shit, and made that shit all lovey dovey and crap, and made it. They tell jokes and shit. They definitely did let his. They definitely did let his sense of humor and style into the movie. But yeah, uh, Jojo Rabbit does have a little more. Uh, it uh, it's a little bit more gritty again because it's like because it's kind of going for like this, 
story that surrounds a kid and these kinds of like emotional. Said, well, it's not about the war. I, I know exactly what it's gonna look like. It's gonna look like Thor Ragnarok. There's a no, no. It doesn't, the Hitler joke. It doesn't look exactly like Thor Ragnarok. I, I, I definitely think you should check it out. It's a lot deeper. It's yeah, a lot I'm gonna d- check it out. You know, I, I'm gonna watch anything once. <laughs> But uh, there is like a war. Twice, there is a war scene at the end that strides the line between like reverent. It, it, it strides the line between like reverent emotionality and comedy. There's a lot of comedy moments during the war scene at the end, but there's also a lot of brutal emotional moments. And he rides the line between these I'll moments. Take your word for it, bro. Finds the way to balance the emotion perfectly. I'll take your word for it, bro. Left me with a big old smile on my face, but. Yep, that's that's it for today. Uh Million X Girlfriends out. Bitch. Peace. See you next time on the podcast. Catch you later, all you losers.